as I've said twice before, I will say for the third time, this is just my favorite time of the year. I absolutely love this time of the year. Uh, is there anybody else, this is your favorite time of the year? Anybody? Keep it up, let me see. Okay. A lot of you, some of you, say, no, not mine. It's all right, it's, it's okay. Hey, we're not gonna pick a fight up with you. Yeah, don't, don't wanna do that. This is my favorite time of the year. I, we, we hear a lot about Christ during this time of the year. Of course, in this fellowship, we hear it all the time. But there are people who don't hear this much about Jesus until it's this time of the year. And, uh, and the church is sort of, uh, in this, this time of the year, sort of competing with the world. You know, the world wants to remove Christ, and the church is mad about it. You know, uh, it's, you know it's Merry Christmas, you know. Yeah, I know it's Merry Christmas, but don't be mad about it. You know, uh, smile when you say it. You know, don't don't uh, make it as a, a, a political point a point or a statement, you know, that you want to make to the world. Just, just tell them Merry Christmas. And if they say, well, it's, it's, it's Happy Holidays, say that too. They, uh, do it with a good attitude, a positive attitude. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Super. Luke chapter 1, verse 39, I'm going to start. And uh, how many of you know that I'm very optimistic? Yeah, I'm very optimistic. I've got uh, verses 39 through 80. And, um, and then on top of that, chapter 2, verses 1 through 40. And so, so what would you say to that? Si se puede. Si se puede. Si se puede en vez of Dios mío. All right. Yeah, ayúdanos, ayúdanos. Okay, in verse 39, let us read. My subject is Zacharias and Mary, comparison and contrast. And we found, found that last week that, that Zacharias, knowing God for all these years, being blameless in the law, um, really made a terrible mistake when the angel Gabriel came to him. Uh, he, he was thinking about, oh, his age and his wife's age and how God couldn't bring about his promises because he was now old. And so every person who is past, say, 60 years old or past 55, you need to know that God is not through with you. That means you're here, that means God's not through with you. And uh, there was a young girl named Mary, uh, uh, Miriam or Mary. She was a, a young teenager, uh, maybe 15, 16 years old or so. Uh, but when the angels came to her and said, well, God is going to give you a child, and he's going to be the son of the highest. And he's going to do all these great things. He's going to save his people from their sins. He's going to do all these great things. And then she says, well, how can this happen? I, I don't know a man. I'm a virgin. How can this happen? You know, and he said, oh, let me tell you, the, the Holy Spirit is going to come up on you. And this is how it's going to happen. It's not going to be between you and a man. It's going to be between you and God. And uh, God's going to bring forth his his own son into the, in the world. She said, well, be it unto me according to his word. And so that was where she was. But Zacharias doubted. And uh, the angel said, for that, you won't be able to doubt anymore with your tongue until this happens. And so you find a, a, con a contrast, a great contrast. I ask myself, how many of us who are here who listen to the word of God all the time, but yet don't really believe? We're wishing, but we don't believe. And so we, we need to make a difference. But this young girl, I think comparatively, she would be like a, a new convert 
who believes God while those of us who've been walking with God are still struggling. That's not too good. But, but those of us who are struggling then in the story of Zacharias and Mary, we're going to come to faith too. Amen. Right? Amen. So, so we're going to come too. Uh, I like that because uh, Zacharias, uh, when he couldn't talk, he knew that he was uh, 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 in the presence of a higher power. <laughs> uh, God, simply God. So let's read these verses now. That catches you up a little bit. And uh, verse 39 says, now, now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now notice this is good stuff, right? All right I'm going to read it. Verse 41, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, listen, that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, before I tell you what, what happened with Elizabeth filling with the, with the Holy Spirit, you know, my wife would always say these things and uh, I'll, I'll give her, as it were, kudos or applause or whatever. She's always saying, you know, she walk around and says, there's a blessing in your hello. Now, there's a blessing in this, in it. And so, okay, I'm so sorry, darling. I got beside myself, I'm sorry. But anyway, so, so she would say, okay, she would say, there's a blessing in your hello, and whatever. And so I, um, I, I heard that, I believe that, and just whatever God has given you, there's a blessing in it. And a few years ago, I was reading this for the umpteenth time, and I thought, ah, there's the scripture. Because he says, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, heard the words of the one who had the word of God in her womb. Mary had the word of God in her womb. She had Jesus in her womb. And so when she spoke, something happened with, with the person or to the person who heard her words. There was a blessing there. And so there's a blessing in what you say. You just have to keep living and abiding in what God has done for you. There's a blessing in your words. And so let's stop contradicting each other. Are you with me? So, so Mary said, the scripture says the babe leaped. John the Baptist leaped in a womb when, when he heard the words of the one who was carrying the word. He, I'd like to say he leapt. He jumped in the womb and, and Elizabeth heard it. You know, have you seen that? And this is amazing. You know, sometimes we, we laugh at people who kind of shake and move and whatever. Sometimes we do that. Believers, because it hasn't happened to us. But let's not do that. Let us recognize that God is doing something in people. The scripture says that and, uh, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit when she heard the words of Mary. That's big. That's big. And so that's who we are. We are the, these people who have the voice of God. And something ought to happen when we speak. The Bible says we're going to give account for every idle word. Amen. So let's don't have idle words. Now notice what happened. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, now what kind of voice did she speak with? A loud voice. I know sometimes we say, well, God's not deaf. Well, he's not nervous either. And so, and so, so we need to follow the Holy Scriptures who said, then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She, she is so excited. She's saying, how is it that I, a lowly person of God, I'm a nobody as it were, and 
the mother of my Lord is coming to me. She recognized by the Holy Spirit, by the, because when she was filled with the Holy Spirit, there came a recognition, and she recognized what she did not know before, and that is that Mary was carrying Jesus, the Word of God. And she, and she said, for indeed, as soon, how, how, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, as soon the babe leaped in my womb for joy. The babe, a little babe, a little babe in the womb, six months in the womb, leaped for joy at the hearing of the, uh, the word of God from Mary. Blessed is she who believed. Now, how does she know that Mary believes? She knows by the Holy Spirit. And you and I can know these things by the Holy Spirit. Let's don't take for granted the Holy Spirit. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Wow. In 2010, I was given a word from the Lord. Uh, it, was, um, it was in uh, July the 20th, uh, 2010, and the Lord woke me up somewhere after midnight of between 12 and 1 o'clock. He said, the time has come for the fulfillment of all the promises I have given you. And then he told me something like, uh, do not be afraid. Um, you know, he says, the enemy will come to destroy. Do not be afraid. Uh, do not be distracted. Do not be discouraged. I believe I got that right. Do not, those things. He says, the enemy is going to attack to destroy. Five days later, I was stricken after having preached here in the pulpit in the multi-purpose room greeting guests. The McNows were becoming members uh, that day, and, and, I, and I just, I won't tell you what I did all, o- all over the place, but I, I had a, a sort of a, an issue, and I, was, I passed out and uh, was, was aware but could not move because the enemy attacked to destroy. But God said there will be a fulfillment of all the things that were told you, Mary. And so throughout my life, God had spoken to me, but in, on the 20th of July, 20, 2010, the Lord says, there will be a fulfillment. The time has come for everything that I have spoken to be fulfilled. We are living our destiny. We are living our destiny. Those of you who will accept it, those things that God gave to me, he also gave to you Those things that God spoke into me, he spoke them for you. And if you will receive it, the time has come for the fulfillment of those things that God wants to do in your life. And so so in this particular narrative, uh, the the time has come uh, for Israel to be delivered. And then Mary goes and says in verse 46, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded, and listen, the lowly state of his maidservant. She was not from nobility, high and mighty. She wasn't a billionaire. She wasn't very, very wealthy or anything. He says, he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, look, gaze at it. Focus your attention here, she's saying. Henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. All generations will call me blessed. This young woman, this young woman whom God chose 
among all the virgins of Israel to carry a son. She says she's very special, by the way, to be chosen by God. And you're special too because as Mary carried the word in her womb, you carry the word in the womb of your heart. She was the first, and here you are. And listen, listen, listen what he says. Go ahead and give the Lord. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed, for because he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. So that means that your family can have the mercy of God from generation to generation if you fear God. Right? You fear God. You respect God. You, you show uh, adoration to God. Yeah, fearing God, worshiping God from generation to generation is your blessing. He has shown strength with his arm. Now, she is speaking. Uh, this is called the Magnificat. She's speaking out of the Holy Spirit, and she's speaking things that are, that are but have not yet happened. And you, can, you and I can do the same thing. She says, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. So it, with the coming of Jesus, this is God's reality and it's your reality. He has put down the mighty from their thrones. Wouldn't you like for, for that to happen? I, I don't want that to happen because I'm jealous of people who have power. I am not at all. I like anonymity. I like just being out that nobody knows me, just my family, my friends. I like that. I like that. All I basically wanted was 40 acres with a creek running through it. Yeah. That's about all I've ever wanted. You know, just that, that with family and friends. So, so look, I'm not jealous of people who are sitting up high. And, but she says, he has put down the mighty for, from their thrones and exalted the lowly. And what she is saying, with the coming of Christ, that has already happened in the mind and the heart of God. And you and I ought to be participants and expecting God to bring it forth in, in uh, time and space. Because this is the will of God. Now listen what he's done. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. That doesn't mean if you have money that you're going to go away empty. This is, this is talking not about people who have resources, but people who trust in resources. Or people who think they're better than everybody because they have resources. It's not talking about, about resources, because there are a lot of people with great resources who are funding those efforts, those kingdom efforts. Amen. Amen. So we're going to properly uh, divide the word. Amen. And he says, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has helped them in that he is, he is fulfilling the reason why they were chosen and special. He is bringing the Son of God into the earth through Israel. That's, that's why they're so chosen. That's the main reason they're so chosen. And we can get into other aspects at another time. And he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And, and his seed is Jesus. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. So she... She returned uh, probably after the birth of John. She, she uh, went back uh, to Nazareth. 
So here we're talking about Elizabeth giving birth to John in verse 57. It says, Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. Same, the, the, the language between uh, um, Mary and Zacharias and or Elizabeth is basically the same language with some exceptions. He says here, uh, Elizabeth's full time came, now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. They rejoiced with her. When she was elevated, they rejoiced with her. When one, when one of us is exalted or lifted up or blessed, we must rejoice with them. I'll tell you a quick story. When my wife and I were young people, I had a very good uh, job out of, when I, out of college. It was a, a, a blue-collar job, a light blue-collar job, but it was a very, very, very good job. And uh, uh, she and I, I never thought we would ever be able to own a home, a really nice home. I thought we would have a, like, a, a l nice, modest little, little house. And we would, whenever our friends would get a nice house, we would just rejoice. We were so happy. We weren't saying, when we're rejoicing God uh, because we want one too. No, we were just happy for them. And uh, it was just amazing. We were just so, we would probably say, wow, man, that's so good. Wow, wow. We'd go back to our little wood frame house on piers, and uh, we were just happy. And some, another one would get one of those, but we would just rejoice with them. Then we'd drive around and look at houses. My wife one day said, oh, let's go up. We would come to Corpus Christi and look at houses on um, the south side of Saratoga, and, and we thought well, maybe, maybe one day we'd be able to live over here, maybe, and we would drive around, and she said, well, let's go on the other side. I said, let's don't go over there. We'll never be able to live over there. <laughs> let's stay over here. And so she said, no, let's go over there, and we did, and so God brought it about. When, when he, he uh, retired me from the oil business, so as it were, he, we moved over there. I thought, wow, I thought I said we would never live here. What, what I'm trying to say is that in this story, in this narrative, the neighbors rejoiced. They weren't jealous. They weren't all bugged. Oh, that old woman had a child. No, they were rejoicing. And you and I need to learn how to rejoice as God's people. We ought to rejoice when people overcome, when they do well. Rejoice. I'm glad you got a raise. I'm glad you got a promotion. I'm glad you got elected to that office. I'm rejoicing with you. I don't have to do it. I, I'm rejoicing with you. I'm happy in you. Are you with me? And so verse 59 says, So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. Neighbors, you know, helping out, right? And uh, they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No. It's just like a mom, right? He shall be called John. See, Zacharias had learned something. He wrote that on a tablet to her. Now, Elizabeth, when this happened, his name is John. That's what the angel told me. You know. <laughs> Lord Jesus, don't get me for that. And so she's, but they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father. He goes, there's nobody. What are you doing, Elizabeth? Uh, Zacharias? What are we going to name him? All right, that's what they did. And so, um, so uh, Zacharias asked, verse 63, he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying, his name is John. He said, I learned my lesson. His name is John. Right? So they all marveled. They thought, wow. 
And, and verse 64 says, immediately. One, you know, now he, he, he had a visible uh, sign of his faith that he now had for six months, uh, for nine months. He he's now, he's now has something visible. The boy's here just like Gabriel told me, and God has done just like he told me. I doubt it, but I'm going to write it down here. I still can't talk, but his name is John. And then immediately the Bible says, immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loose, and he spoke praising God. I mean, that must have been something, boy. Oh, that had to be something. It says, then fear came on all who dwelt around them. They go, oh, God. You know, you know the church is supposed to be that place where, where we have interaction with God on a daily basis, not just in once a year in some revival, but on, on daily basis there should be things happening in our lives. I hope these brothers don't, uh, the brothers Eric don't mind me saying, but these brothers uh, just were in some grave condition. Grave condition, grave, grave, grave. It's almost like you could look, look over the other side. But God rescued them and brought them back. These things ought to be happening as a normal part of our Christian walk. And so in this, in this particular uh, story, fear came all who dwelt around them, and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. I think there should be some things discussed about us. Not, not disgusted things about us, but some things ought to be discussed about us, about the goodness of God and how God intervenes in our lives and how we are different than all the peoples of the earth. This should be discussed, but how God is working in our lives. Amen. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts saying, what kind of child would this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Amen. The hand of the Lord is with our children. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the what? Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, there are people who say, and they mistakenly say, and I want to just not pick on them, but it makes absolutely no sense. It, it makes no spiritual sense, and, and it's not even reasonable to conclude that there are no spiritual gifts in the church today. We got the Word of God, that's all. You got the Word of God so you can twist it with your brain, with your head, your, your head knowledge, because without the working of the Holy Spirit, th these are just words. He illuminates them. He brings revelation to us of, of the Word of God. And, and, and listen what happens. He was filled with what? The Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit today almost every uh, main, uh, every church group almost will admit that the Holy Spirit lives in believers today. And this man filled with the Holy Spirit, what did he do? Prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Now, now they're speaking about this as though it has already happened, which it really has in a spiritual sense. Because with, with the the coming of Jesus in the womb of Mary, it's like, as far as God is concerned, it's a done deal. Just like with Jesus' ascension to the throne, he's seated on the throne. You and I are already seated on the throne positionally with him. That's what this is saying. Do you understand spiritual language? I want you to understand the spiritual language. This is good. You can talk like this too, but don't talk presumptuously. Talk by the, the unction of the Holy Spirit. He says, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and 
has raised up already a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He has already raised it up. Come on, the, the, the baby is still uh, being formed in the womb. And Zacharias, by the Holy Spirit, says, it's already happened. You know, some, if, if we're carnal here, we can't say like that. We can't talk like that. But what God has promised you, you ought to say, I got it. Whatever God has promised you. For the time has come for the fulfillment of all the promises God has made. I've got it. You can talk like that. Why? Why can't you talk like that? How is it possible? Because you have the Holy Spirit. Because you have the Word of God resident in you. Mm. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of, Dave, of his servant David. As he spoke, as he spoke, past tense, by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. That's for you too. You, you shall be saved from your enemies and from those who hate you. Yeah. Because when they are no more, you will be around the throne of God worshiping forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You will never, ever be devoid of the presence of God. Listen to what he says. To perform the mercies promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. Let me read that again. That we should, as he spoke by, let me read the whole thing. Where am I going? I've got to go back. Blessed be, verse 16, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. What was it? To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, John, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high has visited us. To give why? To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's what he says. That's what God has done through the coming of John the Baptist, of course, speaking further to the coming of Christ. He says, so the, Luke writes, so the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts to the day of his manifestation to Israel. So we see how the Holy Spirit moves upon us to speak. I'm going to ask that from this moment that we endeavor to only speak what the Holy Spirit gives unction, where the Holy Spirit gives unction rather. Let's only speak that which the Holy Spirit speaks. So let's stop speaking out of our natural self and speak from the Holy Spirit. And if you are sensitive to that, sometimes when you're about to say something, the Holy Spirit will say, no. Gently, he'll say, no. Mm. 
He will do that. And so what we want to do is, is endeavor to only speak what the Holy Spirit speaks. Amen? Amen? Now, I'm doing pretty well. I've got 10 minutes to do 40 verses. Please say puede. Chapter 2, let's start at verse 1. Uh, uh, Pastor Joel Parrott said something uh, uh, several weeks back uh, that really, really blessed me, and I want to bring it out here. Um, I told him I was going to use it one of these days. Didn't realize it would be so soon. Let, let's let's read, uh, start reading in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days, in those days of all this amazing happening, heaven is, is, is uh, invading earth, as it were, in a good way, and he's bringing goodness and joy and peace and, and all these amazing things. God is interacting with people. Um, a young virgin, uh, God has sent an angel from heaven, Gabriel, the archangel, sent to him from heaven to give an old uh, priest, Zacharias, a message of, a, of a, his son being the forerunner, and, and God had withheld uh, a, a child from uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth because he had a kairos moment for them and they were trying to make something happen before the time God had done that and then God uh, sent Gabriel to Zacharias and gave him that message he then sent Gabriel to Mary and gave her the message that she was the chosen one who was going to uh, bring forth the son of God and he says uh, and this is what he means and it came to pass in those days in that days when God was doing great things there were some people living, they were totally unaware of it. But God was doing great things. He was interacting with his people. And I'm, I'm saying to you, the church, that God, this is a time when God wants to interact with his people. No, this is a time when God is interacting with his people. But, but you, you don't want to be on the sideline. You want to be in the game, as it were. You don't want to be on the bench. You don't want to be up there in the crowd. You want to be in the game. I want to be in the game. I don't want to be a spectator. I want to be a participant. It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now, in these days, I, I, I love what, what, what Pastor Joel says. He says, these are important people as the world sees things. Caesar Augustus, very important man, strongest leader in the whole world. Quirinius, governing the governor of Syria, God bypassed all of them and talked to an old priest, talked to a young teenager, and now we're going to find he talks to shepherds, lowly people. Bypassed all the big important people. People that the church are the church is courting. We the church are courting these people of power and God's by bypassing them. Going to lowly people. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. He says, Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger, in a feeding trough, 
because there was no room for them in the inn, in the hotel. There was no room for them. And so they, they were, Jesus was born in a stable. I think it was Brother Steve Eisenhower who said to me once, he said, it was so amazing. He said, where, well, I think he said something to this effect. Where else would the Lamb of God be born? Said, you know, in, in, a, in a stable, in a place, where else? I think all the imagery is just amazingly beautiful. But let's look at the angels who are announcing uh, the birth of Jesus to shepherds, to lowly people, to people who were not, as it were, important as the world sees. So many of us here, we're not so important as the world sees. But God's talking to us, and he's bypassing them. Wow. Wow. I tr I tr don't get distracted now. Yeah, if you're here, don't get distracted now. Mm. Listen, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks, their flock by night. And behold, look, gaze at it. An angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I love that, not just the Jewish race, uh, Jewish people, but to all people. He said, I'm bringing you something that's going to be for everybody. God's not going to exclude anyone. And the amazing thing, when they saw the angel, they were terrified. They were really greatly afraid. They feared with great fear, <laughs> you know. And uh, he says, don't be afraid. I always say, if I ever have an angelic visitation, I, I want the first thing out of his mouth is, don't be afraid. <laughs> I don't want to pick myself off the floor and all that. Don't be afraid, all right? For there is born to you, verse 11, this day. There is born to you this day, on Jesus' birthday, he talked to, to, to shepherds. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So it means is that God is showing his good intentions to men. Wow. That's good stuff. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace. God's saying, I'm offering you peace. The, the one who has been offended is the one who's offering the peace. Because we're, we have gone so far into sin, we don't have sense enough now to know that we need to ask God for forgiveness. So God has to do something so we'll have good enough, as it were, reasoning or the Holy Ghost will have awakened our spirit, man. Now we know, oh my goodness, I'm in bad shape. Yeah. And if you're here today, you need to do that if you don't know Jesus. Yeah. Let me get, let me hurry. Verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go... Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. They didn't drag. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The babe was in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So, so amazing. Uh, I, I, I may just stop here. Let, let me just say, this is just so amazing. Here, God talked to lowly people and they went to find out, they went to find out what the angel had spoken to them. It's amazing. When the wise men came uh, to Jerusalem and asked Herod, Herod, uh, we, we've, uh, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east and we've come to worship him. And, uh, and uh, where? So Herod went to the priest and said, where is, where is this prophecy? He said, oh, it's in Bethlehem. And so Herod, being one of the great men of the day, said, uh, go there and try to find him. And if you find him, uh, bring me back word. He said that so he could kill him. But listen, the great men did not go out to seek God. They didn't go out to try to find out where God was. But it was lowly people. It wasn't the, the big shots, the nobles. It was the lowly. And sometimes we are trying to go from lowly to the high place. So we'll ha be significant. That's not in God's sight. That is just not a proper order. In, to God, the lowly are significant. Are you, are you following me? And that's what God wants us to do. Don't, yeah, if you can make your, your situation better, by all means. But don't, don't despise small things. Don't despise the lowly. I said to someone recently, I said, it's going to be people who are lowly who probably have the most esteem in heaven, as it were. And we have walked right past them every day because we were going to somebody who was important. You know, in this amazing story, God did great things. God did great things. The Bible says that in Matthew chapter 2, it says the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. That's Jesus of Nazareth. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus, you've never received him, you have an opportunity to receive Christ. This, this is not just some materialistic Christmas season, but today you can be a different person. You can be a brand new person. You can be a person that's called the new humanity. A person in whom God dwells, the Son of God lives by His Spirit. If you're here today and you've never received Christ, you've never really received Him, I want to give you an opportunity. So I'm going to ask if, if nobody would look around, just lift your hand up. You say, Pastor, I, I will give my heart to Jesus today. Just raise your hand, if you will, wherever you are. And don't hesitate. Don't, don't be reticent to say, I want Jesus. Jesus is the reason for living. We always say he's the reason for the season. Yes, that is true, but he's the reason for just living. Those who live without Jesus are perishing. They're in a state of eternal perishing. So if you're here today and you want to receive Christ Jesus, just lift your hand and let me see it. I want to give you some time to make up your mind and not just cut it off. 
When I was a, a young boy, I, it took me some time to make up my mind. And I want to give you time to make up your mind. We were recently uh, preaching the gospel in Pakistan, and on the first night we got there, I was preaching, and a few people stood, and, and then a few others stood, and, and I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, wait. And Pastor Bert said there were approximately 80 people who came up and said, we want to give our hearts to Jesus tonight. So, so I don't want to rush. Amen. Are you okay? You good? All right. 